0: Hey everybody, my name is Anita Kirkbride of Torp Communications and this is Haliblab, the show for small businesses in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Join me as I talk to businesses you may be following and some you might not have heard of yet. Hear stories from local business owners like you, how they started, where they're going and of course, since I'm a social media consultant, how they're using social media. Take a moment to subscribe right now so you don't miss an episode, whether you're listening on Facebook, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. Hey, Halifax, I am so excited. I can't contain my excitement because today I am bringing back the Hella Blab. It's been three years since Hella Blab ended and the platform Blab died. We're all very sad. We loved Blab but um, it's taken me a while to decide to bring this back and well today's the first day so i'm really glad if you're catching this on the replay welcome to you as well you don't have to watch it live but it's certainly much more fun don't forget to comment on the uh, facebook live and let us know that you're watching ask questions interact give us a joke whatever you want to do so that we know that you're there and you're watching Today's episode is sponsored by Stupid Simple social strategy program, the program to help entrepreneurs who are DIYing their social media to get your social media strategy under control, save you time, reduce your frustration, and eliminate that overwhelm feeling that you have. So I'm really excited to be announcing that that program will start on October 2nd, and I'm starting to share the details now, but over the coming weeks, you're gonna hear a lot more details about that. Um, so watch for those details. The doors open on September 17th. But right now, every Friday, I'm going to be chatting with small business owners and entrepreneurs from around Halifax, Nova Scotia. I want to hear their stories, learn about their businesses, and because I'm a social media consultant, discover how they're using social media. I'm a firm believer that we can all learn something from each other, so I look forward to learning how you are all hacking social media to make it work for your business. We have a big list of businesses that we are already thinking about having on the show. But if you're interested in being featured, we'd love to hear from you too. And you can send us an email at info at That's t w i r pca And my assistant Kim will see if we can fit you in. So today's topic is search engine optimization. And well, I have a bit of a rant to start this one when we get going. And that's why I picked this one, but I'm really excited to have Michael McMillan joining me today as my very first guest on the revived Hella Blab. Michael is- Thank you Anita. Built his first website in 1996. Okay, I barely knew that websites were a thing in 1996. And he was working as a professional in the digital world since 1999. Having held various roles in the digital world, he transitioned to an SEO SEO role in 2009, and since has held SEO roles in-house as leadership for agencies and as an independent consultant. And he now has a company called SEO Brunch, which we're gonna hear about today. So welcome, Michael. Thank you, Nita. Uh, when I asked Halifax Twitter, For a local SEO guru to talk to, because I had kind of lost touch with who the SEO gurus locally were, Um, Michael was the one and only name I was given. So you were the one that came to the top of Twitter. I think it was Mike Tanner maybe that put us in touch. I can't really remember. So I'm going to call you the SEO king of Halifax because you were the one that Twitter suggested and Twitter rules.
1: (laughs) Somebody's going to come out of the woodwork and challenge me. I know.
0: (laughs) Well, maybe, but if, you know, they should have gotten in touch with me when they knew I was looking, because if you're an SEO person, you should know I was looking, right?
1: Yeah, fair enough.
0: Um, But it all started because of a client of mine. And I think I was on Twitter ranting one night about having rescued a client of mine from a $700 a month SEO contract. So, I kind of skipped over this, but here's my definition of what SEO is. And you tell me what you think and how you would define it afterwards. Mm-hmm. So I define it when I talk to classes, I define it as the process through which we improve where our website appears in a search result or how we get to the top of a Google search. We want to optimize things on the site so that you get as close to number one as you can. And I refer to it as a process because it's not a one-shot deal, it's something that is ongoing. That's, is that a fair definition?
1: That's a fair definition, actually. I might I might borrow that from you for one of my explanations.
0: <laughs> Great, so that's how, that's how I've been describing it for a, a long, long time. Um, and I do most of my own SEO and I help a few clients do a few little things. I do not consider myself an SEO expert in mm-hmm. any shape or form. I know the very basics of how to do it for my own site. So what happened was I had a client that was uh, getting some social media training from me. We weren't Mm -hmm. even really talking about SEO, but he let me know that he was paying $700 a month for an SEO contract for his website. Now this is a business that is local. They can only serve local people. People have to physically walk into their office. You, They can't sell it online.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So we looked at what they were doing and where they were. And the back end of their website, none of the SEO stuff that I know about was filled out properly. We looked at their backlinking report and... There, a lot of the backlinks had expired, like the websites didn't even exist anymore that they were supposedly linked to.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And because it's a local business to me, their SEO, their keywords don't really change all that often. So I looked at that and I said, I don't think you're getting your money's worth. And he asked the guy a few more questions after talking to me and he canceled it and he was really happy. And the funny thing was, He told me recently that he got his last month report and he got this month report after um, canceling the contract and they'd actually improved in their SEO ranking. (laughs) So tell me how often do you hear stories like that?
1: Uh, A little bit too frequently. Um, I, uh, I wouldn't say I hear about it a lot. A lot of the people I've been dealing with for the last few years have been a little bit more um, up there as far as businesses go. But I've, I've heard that story a lot in my, in my time as an SEO person for for mainly for the small, medium-sized businesses who hear a term SEO, they kind of either get obsessed with it or just know that they have to do something. Uh, I was talking to a client yesterday who just now realized that yellow pages was not a thing and he had to cancel his Yellow Pages because no one looking things up in Yellow Pages. So he wanted to take that budget and invest it into organic traffic because he said the last time he looked in Yellow Pages himself, and he's a, he's an older gentleman, was five years ago. So even he's beyond this. So uh, yeah, I think it's way too common that people get the concept of SEO at a high level uh, to do something on that. And there's people out there that are going to, I wouldn't say take advantage of it, but recognize the need and provide uh, some initial services and get people on a bit of a hook for an ongoing retainer that possi- most likely doesn't need to exist. And they don't know the right questions to ask to find out if this, this engagement is worth the money they're putting into it.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's, that's what I see too. They don't, they don't know what questions to ask. They don't know what metrics to look for and they're just accepting whatever that person tells them as truth. hmm Absolutely, it happens in social media too, for, for sure. Uh, so what's the number one thing, the number one, let's say the number one red flag that people should look for when they're considering having an SEO person work for them?
1: I would say ask what they've done for other businesses either in, this, uh, in a similar field or if, if it's the first time that SEO person is switching over to this vertical that your business is in. Uh, just ask about their previous successes and how they achieve those previous successes. Uh, they don't have to go into great detail and they, they might talk a little over your head. And sometimes aspects of SEO can get very technical uh, and that's okay. I mean, you kind of just ride that technicality, but you should also be able to understand a good portion of what they're talking about because if they're not good at laying this out into layman's terms and to terms that somebody who's not as technical can't understand, you're not going to have a very good engagement in the long mm-hmm. term. And they'll probably take advantage of that once they kind of realize what's uh, the level of uh, technical knowledge.
0: Yeah, that's one of the things I pride myself on is my ability to explain things in layman's terms, in non-technical jargon, which is why I came up with kind of my own definition of what SEO is because I don't, you know, I've read the technical definitions and they don't make sense to people that aren't tech savvy. Uh, So what are some of the questions that maybe a less tech savvy client could ask that would help them decide if this person is right for them or if this person really knows what they're talking about? I would
1: say either you as the client goes in with uh, some sort of objective. It doesn't have to be clearly defined, but some sort of goal that you want. Uh, And I wouldn't get to a point where you're like, I want to rank for this keyword because a lot of people will go after a keyword and it's pure vanity. It doesn't have any search volume. Um, And then find out what that consultant or SEO agency will do for you to try to achieve those goals. Or if they think there's a better goal that you should be working towards. It doesn't have to be just one goal as well. It should probably be two or three goals. Um, And it could just be simply like improving organic traffic or just improving our visibility
0: okay so what does organic traffic mean oh listening they don't understand that term
1: that's fair uh organic traffic is basically when you're in analytics they split it up into the into the different channels that's driving traffic and organic is what uh search engine traffic is lumped into so that could be coming from bing as well they don't have as they have a the second biggest chunk of uh the the search volume coming in i mean google has been pretty much dominating since i would say the early 2000s and I don't see them losing their position anytime soon. I'd be no. amazed if it does happen. Uh, Bing has taken a little bit of chunk, but uh, basically organic is a way of another way of saying uh, your search engine traffic.
0: Okay. And what's the opposite of organic traffic?
1: Um, hmm, I wouldn't say opposite, but maybe complementary would be like paid okay. uh, that's, social. That's what I was
0: getting yeah. at, yeah.
1: So, <laughs> so paid, paid would be traffic. those ads at the top of a search result, Uh, you'll clearly see ad right at the beginning Mm -hmm. of it.
0: Yeah. And so to me, is it a fair assumption for me to say that many of the SEO consultants that are out there are really just buying your paid traffic for you? Do you think that's fair? Because I often think that and I often say that to people
1: that they're buying your paid traffic
0: that they're, they're doing your Google ads for you. That's, that's what they're doing. That's getting you more traffic. They're calling it SEO, but that's actually oh. what they're doing.
1: Um, I would hope they would clearly define that. Um, Cause I've always found I've never really dabbled into the paid world. I have a, a lot of uh, friends and people in my network that specialize specifically in paid um, a lot of uh, lower level SEO agency or not agencies, excuse me, but SEO consultants will do uh, both paid and organic. Paid does play an important role to kind of supplement organic because organic can take some time to build. Mm-hmm. Um, but that should be—I um, think paid is a different strategy that they both can support each other mm-hmm. very well, um, and they both should be considered in each other's strategies. But they should be approached differently.
0: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think sometimes people think they're getting seo help and consulting but sometimes what i see is they're just having ads put out for them they're yeah yeah, they're just paying to be those top two or three results which are ads and they're not really getting the help on the back end of their website which is i don't know to me it's almost more important
1: yeah i would say i'd say with like, I, I, I use a couple analogies and one I've really quite liked is, is uh, attributing it to, to gardening. Um, when you're taking care of your site, think of it as your garden bed, you're making sure the soil is right, you're making sure it's it's got enough water, you're, you're rotating, you're making sure that everything in there is fresh. Um, and then you're planting seeds and you're making sure it's in a place that gets a lot of sunlight. So that's like your base SEO work, that's getting your metadata lined up. It's making sure that there's no errors when, it's, uh, when a bot crawls your site. Um, mm-hmm. That's the base level of SEO. Beyond that, it becomes kind of a monitoring game where uh, you're keeping an eye out for either developing metadata for new content or errors. Any, anything that's maintained by one person or a group of people tends to break down with time. If they're adding new content, they could be uploading giant images that they're not properly sizing, which could affect your page speed, which it eventually would affect organic traffic for that new new page. So. Uh, it, those, when it comes to my like gardening analogy, I think of that as like, just keeping an eye on your garden, dealing with like a lot of wind, dealing with the rainstorm, dealing with too much sun kind of thing. Uh, there's going to be stuff that arises that you're going to have to deal with. Um, so that that's why an ongoing retainer sometimes is the right solution. But if you don't have that base, there really is no point in having that retainer.
0: How, how would you help a client decide if, having that ongoing relationship with an SEO consultant is right for them. Welcome to the cats. (laughs) (laughs) Podcasts. Podcasts. How how do you help them decide whether they should really just do it themselves with a little bit of help or training versus are they ready and big enough to go with having an ongoing retainer kind of relationship?
1: I think it comes down to that whole time versus money. People either have time available or money available. If they have time available, I would suggest some sort of a coaching option, um, where they reach out to somebody, uh, an SEO consultant that will do an initial audit, um, a couple days of work, depending on the size of the site, like a 20 page website, which is a lot of small small, uh, businesses, is maybe a day or two of an audit. There's a lot of automated things that happen as well. um, But they, they would give you an idea of what you need to fix. Um, and then as far as like deciding whether or not you could take it into more of an in-depth retainer, if you have time, I would suggest coaching. So you can, cause you know, your product better than anybody mm-hmm. and you writing about your product is going to be great, but you need some direction. You need somebody to come in. It's like having a, a trainer at the gym. Like I'm horrible for going to the gym and actually doing it and keeping it up. But if there was somebody there to tell me like, okay, you need to keep doing this. You need to keep doing that. Um, uh, then I'll actually keep doing that. So if you could set up an arrangement with somebody who calls you once a month and says, Hey, I was researching your product, you know, you're doing well for this term, there's some long tail terms that are coming up that uh, I think are going to have some ability, uh, like some uh, attraction. I highly recommend you develop some content. Just use that phrase once in your content uh, and make sure it links back to some sort of other objective, some sort of product or something. So you're building authority on this sub page. And, uh, and directing it to a bigger page on your site that's got a little bit more evergreen. Um, but having that relationship with somebody in a coaching standpoint, I think works for people if they have time. Um, if they don't have time, then that's when I would talk to somebody about possibly having basically a managed service. Um, but, and managed services, though, they can quickly get expensive because... You're going to be paying for writers. You're going to be paying for social people to push that content around and get some visibility initially with it. Um, there's, uh, it. It can really grow really quickly. And you need to find out clearly kind of you have to set expectations on both the client side and the consultant side on what you're, they're going to get on a monthly or weekly or, or uh, quarterly basis, whatever mm-hmm. the engagement uh, you decide to do.
0: Yeah. And do you think there are certain types of business that lend themselves more to having uh, a retainer and certain types that are just much easier to do your own, do it yourself?
1: i say if you've got only a handful of employees, um, but uh, some savvy people on that team, uh, then that's more, the, more of a coaching model. Um, if you've got a bigger company, that, then there's, there's kind of a sweet spot before you get to a point where you should probably consider having an in-house people. Um, but if you're, uh, if you're a company who's either can't find all the resources to support your marketing uh, aspects of organic traffic, then you should be looking outside and, and potentially go with either an agency or consultancy that has a network of other people that they can pull on as well. Uh, I myself is not. I'm not a very good writer. I keep bringing up writers, so I like to leverage a lot of really great writers. Uh, be, and just to proofread some of the stuff I send out because sometimes I just skip words. But um, I think uh, th- there's no real like you know one to five employees. You should do the coaching, and then five to sixty, you should uh, you should consider a small retainer and whatnot. But it would all, all kind of depend on your business goals and what kind of uh, availability your 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 on your current team has.
0: Yeah. I often tell, like, I work with a lot of really small businesses. I work with a lot of solopreneurs. Some of them are watching. Uh, We've got Nicole, who's a marketing consultant, Kate, um, who's doing a little bit of stuff on the side. And who else did I see? Kim, my assistant, Kim is here and she does a lot of um, SEO and social media stuff for people. And Gail's here as well. They're all really small businesses. Like Mm -hmm. these are one person shops. Um, and I often tell them, you know, if if you're just if you're putting out a blog and you're trying to rank locally within your industry, you can probably do it yourself once yes. you learn how to do it, right? And even for this one client, once I showed him how to use a couple of tools in the back end of his WordPress website, mm-hmm. he said, totally I can do this myself. So I th- I kind of have the feeling that solopreneurs really could do it themselves. Mm-hmm. I think they can, and I can, I can show them some of the tools. Um, it's the research side of things that kind of gets a little bit over my head. Yeah. But Once I have the keywords, I can show them where to put that stuff. Right. But, but Determining
1: what those if keywords. You're
0: trying to, if you're trying to rank nationally or internationally right. for things, I mean, that's, that's a whole other ballgame to me.
1: Yeah. No, I, I, I could totally see that.
0: Um, So, okay, so Nicole's got a couple of comments here. She's saying, um, remember when you get someone to do an audit, your report shouldn't be something you can find visually easily yourself, obviously. Um, It should be a deep analysis of your scores, rankings, the search terms, whether or not your stuff is being tagged and so forth. So anybody can go and figure out you know, are they ranking number one or number two for a keyword just by opening up an incognito window and searching for themselves? Yep. It's this other stuff that we can really affect with deep SEO work, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, absolutely. And she has a question for you. So how ask Michael how he handles the promise of, I'll put you on the first page of Google.
1: Oh God. Yeah, and then I would ask for what term and then I would ask what kind of search volume that term has um, because th- I, I've seen this before where someone will say I'll put you on the first page of Google and they literally found like a term that would would speak to the client uh, but had no search volume. so it was a really it was like the simplest battle ever they just basically optimized the, the metadata and, and then the client was more likely going to search on their own computer. Yeah, I've seen that blow up in the, the client's face, especially when they get obsessed about their competitors because mm-hmm. if they don't do the incognito window and they've been visiting their competitors a lot uh, then uh... sorry my uh my son's show stopped, so I had to <laughs> I just retriggered it <laughs> um sorry, I lost my pain train of thought there. um oh yeah, so they, they would go for a lot simpler uh, um searches that, or sorry a, a keyword that doesn't have a any volume. I mean, I I try not to look at it kind of at that granular, or sorry, not at that, like, we're going after the first page of Google, on what specific terms, I would say, like, let's try to improve organic traffic, let's try to improve the engagement of this organic traffic as well, because you're going to hit a plateau with organic traffic. Mm -hmm. Um, Then at that point, like, how can we how can we start working on the user experience, so we can take this traffic and turn it into more engaged people?
0: Yeah, so it really is a, about a lot more than just what your keywords are. Yes. Step one, that's the basic first step is figuring out what keywords you wanna be found for. Yeah. Yeah, um, when you were talking about uh, the keywords and and get you on page one of Google, I mean, I get those emails daily from people who promise to get me on yeah. page one of Google and I'm pretty proud to say that in an incognito window, Yeah. <laughs> I do have number one ranking for several of the search terms that I've been working on for all these years, but, uh, this client that I was talking about earlier, the SEO consultant was ranked. They were getting ranking for their business name in Halifax. I hope so. You know, I, I, you shouldn't have to work on that, right? No.
1: It's one of my first tests in an audit is how is your branded search? Um, I had a, a, a potential client I was talking to in Montreal a few weeks back. Uh, and they have a, it's the first time in a long time I back, because I always go in there and search, how are you doing for branded and branded being your, your company name. And unfortunately this company, they're a pharmaceutical company had the same name as an electrician who was in Montreal and actually close to where I was doing the, my incognito search. So he came up first, uh, in the, the Google, my business. Um, but yeah, uh. It's uh, if you're you shouldn't have to work on your branded search, but it should be checked at the beginning of any audit and they should report highly on that. Just even like a paragraph that says uh, you, you control these positions. I mean, it's a good time too, uh to find out if your knowledge graph information could be improved and that'd be the right hand sidebar of a, of a result for your branded term. Um, and if you're a local business uh, that's controlled by Google My Business. If you're just a, if you're like more like a software or a company that doesn't like, you're like a a brand, not so much a location, then, uh, that's still kind of a Google, my business post kind of it's leftovers from the Google plus days. Um, Mm -hmm. but it gives you an opportunity to kind of take a look at those branded search results. Who else is in there? Is it all my social media profiles underneath my domains or is there somebody else really putting an effort on me? Is there somebody that's, is my main competitor doing a, like, um, brand X being the client versus brand Y uh, or an alternative to brand X kind of optimization where they're taking that bottom of first page and stealing a little bit of your branded traffic. So it's, it's always a, a first step for me in an audit is to take a look at that branded, to make sure that brand good, but, uh, nine times out of 10, it's usually in a good spot. There's a few little tweaks that you can do to kind of make it better. Um, I've been getting a lot into trying to, uh, manipulate. Manipulate's not really the right word, makes me sound a little bit weird, but or like a little evil, but I'm not. Um, But trying to control uh, influence, excuse me, that's the right word I was looking for, Uh, site links. So like um, I have um, been using Google Search Console, taking site link results, running their branded uh, reports through and looking at those first rankings to find out the click-through rates for different site links, and also figuring out if there's site links that kind of float in and out. Um and if there's like if they're 0.1% click-through rate from a search uh from a search result, and I might have got a little too technical for everybody, so I apologize. Just a little. I'll scale back a little bit. <laughs> um I just realized I was like, I'm like, it's like I'm talking to like 20 SEO people and you know, <laughs> it's okay. You're I you're have a lot about
0: this. It that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, that was maybe a little bit technical. I it was a yeah. little bit over my head too. Okay. But, um Okay. So let's, let's bring it back. Um, The bottom line of of part of that conversation was if your SEO person is promising or working on or telling you, yeah, you rank really well for your business name in your city. That's good enough.
1: No, that, that they, that should happen by default.
0: Okay, perfect. I I agree. And, and that's uh, one of the things I told this company that got them out of the contract too. So talk to us then about, uh, keywords, how, Mm -hmm. what just pick a, pick an example and how, what should a good keyword look like for somebody to rank?
1: It all comes down to intent and it kind of gets really specific to the, uh, to the industry. Um, I mean, There's a lot of free tools out there. I think everyone who's ever tried to do any keyword research has used the AdWords keyword planner and they keep taking away features and because it's free and it, it's quite powerful for being a free product. You could drill down to individual regions, which is really powerful, especially when you want to look at Halifax as a region, because a lot of these uh, third party SEO tools that I like to use, and I'll plug HREFs right now because it's the tool I'm really quite liking and it's fairly affordable. Um, it's still not cheap, but, um, the, um, Sorry, I lost my train of thought there about the. (laughs) That's okay, happens all the time. Um, Uh,
0: We were talking about what should a good keyword look like.
1: Excuse me. Yes. Um, So yeah, it does come down to kind of what does that intent mean. um, One thing uh, I I used to work in the hospitality tourism industry, and uh, we'd see people optimize for like hotels in New York. And uh, the minute somebody searches hotels in New York, they're looking for something. They're looking for plural. They want to. They want to make a choice. Uh, they're not looking for one thing individually, whereas you take that s off it changes the intent a little bit a hotel in New York. they're kind of or they'll get a little bit more specific. I' I'm probably not using the r- the right term there was there was a great uh, analogy that somebody at a WordPress uh, talk uh, gave us to use it as an example i I can't remember what is off the top of my head. Maybe Kimberly can remember from that I don't know if she was there, but um, oh the name of the tool uh, Kimberly is a h r e f think yeah. So determining a keyword, I would say, lo- look at what, what is your, um, what, what, what are you doing? Are you a hotel in Halifax? And then find out, uh, go into Ad keywords, um, uh, AdWords Keyword Planner and look to see which variant has the higher search volume. Is it hotels in Halifax? Is it Halifax Hotels? And then I would optimize your content around that. And then once you've got that content optimized, I would start looking at uh, Answer the Public is a really cool tool if you want to get mm-hmm. like a bunch of questions and some great long tail uh, keyword ideas. So you can enter in Halifax Hotels or whichever variant ends up being the one with the highest search volume and get a list of questions. Um, and then if you use a tool called Keywords Everywhere, which literally you can, you can export from Answer the Public um, uh, CSV, you can dump this CSV into Keywords Everywhere and it will turn out Uh, An estimate on what search volume is then you just sort that by the highest search volume and start working your way down there And now you've got a bunch of long tail keyword ideas to to build content around it could be a blog post It could be just supporting content. You can also use those terms um, As secondary headings on your main page to uh, just show a stronger signal to Google that you're not only answering What the main subjects about but you're also answering secondary uh, information as well And the good way to get the idea of what kind of phrases Google is associating with that is look to see at the bottom of, you'll see like related queries if you do a search for that term. Or sometimes now even you'll get like a a featured snippet kind of accordion of questions below that. If you're answering one or two of those questions and you're sitting in like the fourth or fifth position, just having that question a little bit further down your content marked up in a heading uh, gives you an opportunity to potentially rank for that quick answer, but also as a signal for that main keyword as well.
0: Well, I feel like we just gave people a whole lot of little things that they could do that will have a really big effect on their their SEO rankings. Um, But for a small business who maybe the whole thought of SEO is really scary and very technical, what would you tell them is the one thing that they could, when they get off this broadcast, when they're done listening, they could go to their computer and do that would have a good effect if they were able to implement it?
1: Analytics training.
0: Okay, <laughs> that's a if little you, than I was thinking, but well, absolutely.
1: Um, I think um, if anything, and in, in the analytics, the Google Analytics certification is not meant for, like, I, I've worked in the analytics field. Um, it, it's very complimentary SEO. It's not as involved as what most, like, in, in really heavy analytics uh, training would give you, but what it does do, it, it empowers you as a client. To be able to dig into information and find out if you're performing and if you're not. Um, Another thing I would say is like a really simple, quick win for people is set up Google Search Console Mm -hmm. and go into the new beta and look at performance. And you can drill that down by URL. You can drill it down by keyword and you can find out where you're sitting and how you've been sitting. And I think I've, I've been able to pull that data back months, like, and it probably goes back even further. So if the knowing in Google search, also Google Search Console will give you warnings if there's something that the Google bot is having issues with, and if Google bot's having issues, then your site is having issues in the eyes of Google. So that that anybody who's not having issues got a little leg up on you. So if you can make sure you got Search Console going, and if people have time to dedicate to uh, that Google Analytics certification, it's free, and um, I think it really empowers the client. Um, my previous, uh, when I worked at an agency, uh, last, we were pushing to get all the accounts managers trained like that, just so that they could dig in if a client had a question, um, uh, mm-hmm. and it helped them. I also ask the right questions and they were not always the most technical people in the, in the, in, on the team.
0: Well, you know, Google analytics training is one of those things that's kind of been on my to-do list for, oh, I don't know. I've been in business seven years. It's been on my list for at least six and a half.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> So one of these days I will find time to do that, Um, but uh, some of the the things that I tell people to do is, um, first of all, if you have a WordPress website, which I think is probably one of the easiest ones to do your own SEO, Mm -hmm. install Yoast SEO and learn how to use that.
1: Yeah. Yoast, I think, is probably the most user-friendly one. I personally prefer all-in-one SEO. But since most, but I wouldn't uh, give it to a client, I would prefer if the client's going to manage their own stuff, I would get them set up with the because I find it a little bit more uh, user friendly.
0: Yeah, it's very easy to use. And uh, it does some of the stuff for you when you fill it out. But mostly it's a guide, it just walks you through all the things that you need to do. Every time you put up a new page or a new blog post. So I really like that, because then people are learning almost by osmosis, they're learning because they're following the checklist and they're thinking about it all. And so they're, they're taking it in while they're doing that. I think it's a really, well, I love it. It's a great. Yeah. Tool. yeah.
1: The only the only problem I have with that following the checklist of Yoast is if you've got a custom set up WordPress page that has content done up in different boxes, Yoast has a hard time seeing your keywords. Like your keyword mm-hmm. might exist in a different box or if it's a, like a, a completely different uh, uh, WordPress setup, then mm-hmm. they'll, Mark it as a, you don't have your keyword in the content, but even though the content's there, uh, right. so as long as everyone appreciates that, yes, is is a guide and uh, it it's not the be all end all, but it's definitely a great starting point. And if it's a simple WordPress setup, it's going to work perfectly for you. And if it's a more advanced WordPress setup, then just take that in consideration when you're looking at their, uh, their, their orange, uh, green and red uh, dots on the side.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The other thing I tell people, we were talking about keywords. The other thing I tell people is try to, I guess a lot of the SEO training that I do, if you will, is um, around blog posts because a lot of the people that I work, they use blogs as a way to improve their SEO. Mm -hmm. So I always tell people try to pick a keyword that is phrased the same way that somebody would type it into Google and you would want to be found for that. So, yeah. You know, my example was always uh when I started business, I wanted to call myself a community manager. So I all over my website it said, Anita is a community manager that does this, this and this. Yeah. And one day some kind person said to me, "Oh, I thought that meant you worked for Halifax Rec." <laughs> Yeah. No. Okay. And that's when it hit me. I need to, even though that's not what I want to call myself at the top, yeah. I really need to use the terms on my website, social media consultant. Yeah. Because that's what people would be typing into Google to find.
1: Oh, I, I, I wanted to be an online presence consultant when I first tried to uh, my first uh, attempt at uh, doing this. And I was optimizing for basically a phrase. We call that the, the or I, I've been calling that the donkey path where yes. like, yeah, if you've ever been to, is a great example of that. You'll see a sidewalk and a corner of a sidewalk, and then there's just a beaten down path where everyone does go. So you can try to shift people's opinions, but really see what people are doing and just follow that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's what I tell people a lot of times about social media is go where your customers are and then yeah. work with them there. Don't try to drag them to where you are. So yeah. use the keyword they're used to to get them to your site and then maybe slowly educate them that no I you know I prefer to be called this or yeah. this is really more inclusive of what I do yeah um do you have any other you know quick tips for people who either are trying to get out of a contract or working with a consultant or looking for a good consultant or maybe just any other tips for what they should be doing
1: um i think your consultant should be able to explain to you what they're trying to do. Um, And you need to be a little realistic about organic traffic, uh, like SEO techniques as well, because uh, a change today won't turn into traffic tomorrow. Um, Another analogy we like to use, it's like going to the doctor, like the technical SEO audits are kind of like getting your blood work done and just making sure your whole body works. Um, And then if you've got something still after all that's been cleared up and you've been figuring that out, that's, that's bothering you. uh, The doctor's not may not know exactly what's wrong unless it's something very obvious. So they're gonna suggest something like, we want you to take this medicine for a little bit and then let's talk in a couple weeks. Um, so there should be a kind of a, a t- testing monitoring phase. Um, so like a, a multivariant test are great if you've got the budget to do that. Sometimes it does take a little bit to do it, but if you're gonna change your metadata, don't just change it and walk away, change it, monitor it. If it's working, keep going. If it's not giving you all the traction you want, Start digging into what possibly could be, finish that uh, that track or that traction to get you up into those converting like top five positions. Mm-hmm. Oh, and claim your Google My Business. If you're a local business, claim your Google My Business and start Google, using Google Posts. They might not turn in direct traffic, but the more you use Google My Business, the more signal to Google that you're actually active on it, and the higher they'll rank you for it. And it was a great leveler. Like I. Like I said, in my previous role, I was doing hospitality tourism and competing against the trip advisors and all those aggregator type sites was uh, next to impossible. They had all the terms. And then Google My Business, basically that three-pack result uh, became the leveler for for dealing with those massive mega sites. Mm
0: -hmm. And so do you still tell people they should bother with Google Plus or is Google Plus dead?
1: Dead in my eyes. I didn't yep. set it up for my uh, consultancy. I mean, we're only a month old, but um, it wasn't. I, didn't, I mean, I haven't done a whole lot in the social world. I'm, I'm sure, Anita, if you looked at my my social presence, you you'd have a, you could probably give me five things that would completely shift it all around in, in about a day. Um, but uh, I did go around and start claiming uh, different names that I wanted to use just for the future, and I didn't even think about Google+. Plus.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I ask because I, I'm using Google My Business a bit now, too. Yeah, uh, but I still have all my blog posts go to Google Plus because I'm not quite ready to take the chance that that has a positive effect. Yeah, but somebody asked me the other day if uh, if they should still have a Google Plus and do that have their content going there. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't know if it was still relevant or not.
1: Well, the brand pages uh, seem to be kind of an offshot, uh offshot of the Google Plus. So that's the the brand for a company that doesn't specifically have a location, be it like software or whatnot. Um, I'm in the process of getting one of those verified right now and haven't had a chance to dig into that because uh, in the past, we were able to do it mostly with Google, my business, and Nicole brought up a really good point as well. And I can't believe I completely passed over mobile first. <laughs> um, everyone's searching on their phones. So um, I would actually, if an agency says they do mobile friendly or mobile sites, um, the fact they have to say it kind of worries me, it should be almost by default. Uh, most development these days is done mobile first, literally, uh, and cause it's a little bit easier than, and then, and then expand it out to, to take a look at the desktop. I mean, it also depends on the industry. There's still some industries, um uh, like software as a service that is still pri- primarily desktop, even though some of their traffic or their content's being uh, consumed by a uh, uh, mobile, but most of the conversions would come from, uh, from desktop traffic.
0: Yeah. It, it continues to amaze me some of the companies that aren't mobile friendly. So the other day I watched a webinar for a company that is helping people. It's a, it's a software that builds chat bots for people in Facebook messenger. Okay. We only use Facebook messenger really on our phones and they are software to do this on your phone. And when you go to their website from their own chat bot, it is not mobile friendly. Oh. I To me this is more than just an oversight. It's yeah. it's a complete lack of understanding everything about their business. But yes, mobile friendly. Everything has to be mobile friendly. And what about the um the security certificate? That's important oh,
1: too. Yeah, HTTPS. Um every site should be that at this point. Um, yeah. If it's not, you're going to see non-secure uh, in uh, in search results. I've heard that's going to I haven't actually tested it yet. Um, but, yeah, we started switching people over to secure. Uh, geez, if we, if we could do it for the last couple of years. But in the last yeah. six months, there's been a big push for that.
0: Yeah, I, I still do. I have seen a few sites come up as non-secure. Mm-hmm. And as I know the sites I still go through. But there are still people out there who have not switched over so that their site um, just to be clear, so your site would say up in the browser bar would say HTTPS, not just HTTP. And when I look up here in my browser bar right now, it's green and it has a, a closed locked padlock. So yep. if we go to your site or any site and it doesn't have that, it's not secure. And Google is, what's the word, downplaying those that
1: are yeah, they're given priority to, if, if there was two sites competing and one was secure and one wasn't, the secure one would get priority. Mm-hmm. That's the gist of it. Uh, and also when you do switch over to secure, check to see if your HTTP site's still live because you could end up with a duplicate content issue. If they switched to, if your developer switched over to secure, but didn't bother to do the redirects. So you can do a big blanket redirect um, from HTTP to HTTPS. And then also I would have uh, whoever your developers that's doing this, uh, do a crawl for the site and look for mixed content. Because if you have insecure content, even external like insecure content, it should be updated to a secure version. What,
0: what, what does that mean? External insecure content?
1: Uh, external, so like if say you're using Google Fonts and you're linking out to like you're using the, the CSS file uh, and you're still using the HTTP version, there is an HTTPS version, so okay. you just need to update that, but also if you have on your site, like links, say you did like an absolute URL to the HTTP in like maybe a blog post because, or somebody was maintaining your content years ago and they, they just, they knew what the URL is, so they plugged that whole thing and they didn't do a relative, uh, then that will quickly let you know if you have an HTTP version, but then that opens it up to crawlers to get all the way through and see a full HTTP version of your site. And you basically end up with duplicates of everything.
0: Yeah. I had some of those issues when I switched over. not everything got switched over. And so it took a while to go through and and fix that stuff, but um, okay. So let's recap. We're going to, um, we're going to, everybody's going to get their websites on HTTPS. Mm -hmm. Everybody's going to have mobile friendly websites. You're going to look at your keywords and do some keyword research and find the ones that um, people are actually using Mm -hmm. and don't worry too much about trying and working for your company name to rank because that should happen pretty easy.
1: But check it, make sure you do rank for your company name. Absolutely. And if you're picking a company name, do some searches for that company name to find out. There's a company in Brooklyn that does like SEO brunches, I guess that I I discovered while I was researching my company. So,
0: yeah, I'm lucky twerp is not all that common. Uh, There is, there was a company in the U S called twerp. I don't even know what they did, Yeah, Uh, but you know, there are some companies that uh, I can think of a couple local ones. If you don't type their name just right with Halifax, then you don't get their site. You get other sites. Really? it's really important that you're checking this and making sure that it's at least coming up when people type in your name. Yeah. For sure. Um, And um, ask good questions if you're working with somebody, ask lots of questions, make sure it makes sense to you. At the very least, make sure it makes sense to you when they're talking to you in person. Mm forget it when you get home <laughs> Make sure it made sense to you when they were talking in person and don't be afraid to keep asking questions until you understand it.
1: Yeah. And you're, you're paying these people. So that's the time to ask them the questions and if they can't explain it, then they're not worth it. One Absolutely. question I used to have when I was interviewing people, when we were bringing in uh, junior level people, cause I helped build a, an SEO team for an agency in Halifax here um, was uh, explain SEO to my 86 year old grandmother. They couldn't explain it. And I mean, I didn't bring my 86 year old grandmother in to explain this, to to listen to it, but if they weren't able to uh, explain it at a level that somebody who really is completely separated from this digital space, uh, then they were gonna have a hard time communicating this with with clients, C-level of people who are very smart at what they do, but just haven't put the time that uh, people like ourselves have put into the digital space.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Linda Daly, uh, she's not watching right now, but she has a blog post. Can you explain what you do to your mother? <laughs> so yeah, very similar concept. Yeah. Any other last minute tips or questions or things, thoughts you wanna put out there for people?
1: Um, not offhand, is there any questions from I've been reading the, the live comments <laughs> there? Nicole's very active. Uh, yep, Nicole's have lots of comments here. That's awesome. Um, yeah, keep it simple, of course. Uh, and we talked about hrefs. Yeah, I'd say uh, Keywords Everywhere is a great free tool, and it's a Chrome mm-hmm. plugin. Uh, I would use that, Answer the Public, great way to get some content ideas, um,
0: and both of them are free. And uh, Answer the Public's the one with the cranky guy on the yeah. image. Yeah. yeah, it's fun to go there and just watch him. <laughs> All right, well... I think uh, I think that's it for today. We went a little bit longer for the first program because I so SEO is such a, it's really a big, very big, important, complicated topic. And I wanted to yeah. get lots of information out there for people. So um, thank you to Michael McMillan, my guest today from my goodness, SEO brunch. <laughs> we were just talking about that too, SEO yeah. brunch. Uh, we do have, Michael does have uh, a link for us with some, great content if you were i pulled up the other website so just hold on i'll sorry i'll put that link in the uh, comments here for you Um, and uh,
1: bear in mind that i have a bad case of the carpenter's house with my website Uh, i've been working i've only been out on my own for just over a month and uh it, my site is currently in development and in design. Uh, so there's just a kind of a placeholder site for the time being, and there's a bunch of content coming soon, but uh, if anybody needs to reach out to me, they can via that site. Um, Absolutely. I'm, I'm also Absolutely. going to be doing a talk for digital Nova Scotia in late October. Um, if anybody's interested uh, to you can find that at the digital Nova Scotia, uh, digital Nova Scotia sites. And um, I'm a regular uh, participant in the WordPress Halifax meetups. If any, and they always give a little bit of time at the end for people to just chat. So, um, I'm always open to talk SEO. I yeah. love talking SEO. I'll get really technical <laughs> too, Nicole, if you ever want to talk super technical SEO stuff, <laughs> it sounds like you'd understand it. So,
0: uh, the WordPress web WordPress website, the WordPress meetups are a great place for people to go to get information about WordPress or, you know, their plugins or design. There's all kinds of people there that have expertise in all kinds of different stuff. So maybe I'll, we'll pop a link into that. And Kim, uh, Kim is very involved in that as well. Yeah. So we can help you with that. Um, there's lots of places to get help, but uh, yeah, okay. So I, I popped that link in there. It didn't come through as a proper link, but <laughs> I also want to uh, remind people that I have another Facebook Live on Tuesday. It's an educational one, not an interview style. And that one is going to be how to leverage your content in social media, so the content you're already creating, how to get more mileage out of that content to save you time and frustration. That's on Tuesday at uh, 1 p.m. Atlantic on the Facebook page. And you can also subscribe to the Hella Lab. You can get reminders. If you look in your comments here on Facebook, there should be a little re- get a reminder when we go live, so you can do that. Or if you type in the comments, FB Live, one word, FB Live. Um, We'll send you a message in Facebook Messenger to sign up to get reminders when we're going live on here with the Halib Lab, which is going to happen every Friday now for quite a while. Every Friday at 1.30 p.m. Atlantic. And we'll be talking to lots of interesting businesses over the coming weeks. If you're interested in being featured on the Halib Lab and want to talk about your business and how you use social media, We'd love to have you. You can send us an email at info at twerp.ca. And also we're going to be recycling this Hello into a podcast. I'm starting a podcast and Mike Tanner will be very proud of me because I'm starting a podcast. <laughs> so uh, you will be able to subscribe to the Hello wherever you get your podcasts. Um, so check out Michael's website. And uh, our our guest next week for the Haliblab is Frances Leary from Wired Flair. Many of you will remember when Frances um, lived here in Halifax. She's away for a little bit, but she um, still does a lot of business here. And we'll be talking about her new project, 101 Days of Good, I think it's called, and a book that she's got coming out and some new programs that she has to help people with their own social media. So that'll be next week with Frances Leary. And... I think that is it. And just in time, because my very loud daughter just arrived in the house <laughs> from school. <laughs> so uh, today's episode was sponsored by Stupid Simple Social Strategy Program. More details coming out about that very soon. And the doors open for that on September 17th. Um, thank you for joining us for the very first one. And we will see you with Francis Leary next week. Thanks to Michael for joining me today and sharing all his knowledge about search engine optimization. I'll see you guys next week. Keep it social. Thanks, Anita. Thanks for listening this week. You can catch the Haliblab live every Friday at 1.30pm Atlantic, 12.30pm Eastern on the Twerp Communications Facebook page or catch the replay on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. You can go to twerp.ca for links to everything we mentioned in this episode. And while you're there, you'll probably want to grab one of the freebies available to help small businesses manage their own social media marketing. If you run a small business in the Halifax area and you'd like to be featured on Halib we would love to hear from you. Drop us a line at info at That's info at twirp.ca. Talk to you next week.